And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week in quarantine. Um, Big show today. Great show today. I was joined by my good friend, Remzo Martinez. Uh, We covered a lot of ground, as usual. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, Before I get to Remzo, though, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. Uh, if you haven't already, please give us a five-star rating and a good review uh, as well. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like the show and want to get involved, please consider supporting us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Remzo Martinez. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Remzo Martinez. Remzo, my brother, how you doing? It's another day in the I Am Legends universe. If you just look outside my window, it looks really freaking odd. No, folks, I'm not in New York. I'm right outside of the ultimate location of Scum and Villainy, Washington, D.C. And let me tell you, Brady, on Sunday, I went to work uh, to just pick up some stuff from my desk. And it usually takes me on Sundays probably about an hour and 15, 20 minutes on Monday. Day through Thursday takes me a good hour, thirty hour, forty five. It took me thirty minutes flat to get there. Yeah, man. I look. And I'm at the point. There was there was like nobody on the road. Yeah, dude, it's wild. And look, I'm at to the point. I'm at the point now where like this podcast is my only frame of reference in regards to what day of the week it is. Like I have to figure out when it's Mondays and Wednesdays. Other than that, it just does not matter. It it makes no difference what day of the week it is at all. Have you started like, okay, like, oh, I mean, you kind of answered it. Let me tell you what happened last Friday. Fridays are my day off. So I woke up, went downstairs, opened opened my laptop, and literally started working on stuff I would typically start on a work day. And about an hour in, I realized that it was my day off because I thought it was Thursday. Yeah, man. I mean, what is life? What does it all mean? Who knows? What are you doing to pass the time, buddy? I've been, uh... I've gone fishing like eight times in the last few weeks and I haven't caught a single fish and it's just freezing. It's like 40 degrees and rainy and windy here and I just go fishing all the time uh. anyway and just stand out there and freeze my ass off and catch nothing. That's what I'm doing. I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, in Ohio, that's the only thing that's legal is to go fishing. Yeah. Pretty sure. Are you guys in like a mandatory stay at home oh, quarantine yeah. type of deal? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have been for two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just went down the fat. On Monday, first it was the governor of Maryland that did it, and they have more restrictions than Virginia. But you know now they closed up all the liquor stores, so now it's really starting to get, uh, you know, a little bit more tense. My my girlfriend is actually stuck in Pennsylvania right now, and she's deathly afraid of crossing into Maryland on her way back to go home and getting arrested because she's not like an essential employee. And I knew this was fucked up when I got a letter from the HR department at the Washington times that basically was like, here's your essential employee letter. Should you have to go back into the office? And I'm like, what, what is this like Nazi Germany? Yeah, man. What I do is I, uh, I keep a fishing pole in my car all the time. 
So no matter where I'm going, if I get pulled over, I can be like, hey, look, officer, I'm just going fishing. I beat the game. See, that's yeah. That, that's what there, you, there you go. And I, I keep telling her, like, just say you're going to get groceries, but she's worried that there are going to be some state troopers looking at incoming traffic and pulling people over that way because they also have these travel restrictions. So right now she told me that with the family she's staying with right now, just to just, you know, get out of town for a little bit, be around other people. They're getting the sheriff to write her a letter basically saying, listen, she got stuck here when this thing happened and she's just going home. So like, I feel really bad for her right now. She'll be fine ultimately. But um, the one thing that I have found myself kind of breaking down into is like this doomsday prepper mode, because like, you know, for, for years and, you know, growing up during the 08 crisis and, you know, 9-11 and that stuff, you know, an elder millennial, I do kind of I, I always knew that we were going to have another recession. I always knew that something was going to happen. Not necessarily like this. So like financially, I kind of prepared myself. But like, you know, the one thing that really started concerning me was uh, uh, I had to go out and get groceries about a week ago and I saw no cops on the road and I always see cops on the road. There are no cops. I'm calling my friends who still have to you you know, commute to work like once or twice a week right now, other than that, they're teleworking. I'm asking like, Hey guys, are you seeing cops here? There's like no cops anywhere. And we had our first, uh, store burglary in Arlington yesterday and the cops were extremely late showing up to that. So, you know, my biggest worry is like, shit, are the cops like not enforcing the law right now? So, you know, luckily I'm, I'm, I'm good because, you know, I'm a, I'm a well-armed Virginian. I'll put it that way, but I, I am really, starting to look around and like i think somebody on youtube last night was like people are nine meals away from losing their shit at any given moment when things are good and when things are bad they are nine meals away and i'm starting to really look at some of my neighbors and i'm like some of y'all are not prepared for anything some of y'all are not even taking this seriously right now and things have escalated beyond the oh it's just a flu now it's like okay now we're now we're gonna throw people in jail for going outside it's like this is getting and kind of kind of Mad Max prequel like let's put it that way yeah man I know and uh I'm sure you're gonna see you know looting and, and stuff like that and uh you know I'm definitely grateful that I am well armed as well um as you can imagine and even like my neighbors like my one neighbor is a Vietnam vet who's armed to the teeth and then you know I'm a outdoorsman who's armed to the teeth have a deep freezer full of fish that I've caught Stuff like that that'll last a long time. My other neighbor on the other side of my house is a good old boy from Texas who's also armed to the teeth. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My parents live a mile and a half away, and they're armed to the teeth as well. So it's like, we're all prepared. Uh, I have plenty of guns and ammo and stuff, but I don't know. I'm sure we're going to see some ugly stuff. And that's interesting, man, that you said that, you know, cops were super slow to respond. Like, yeah, I wonder, like, how spread thin that they are, especially if, like, you see you know, like Hurricane Katrina style, like looting and stuff like that, if things get really bad. Yeah, like, you know, people, it's always the folks that live in like, you know, the the upper middle class areas, typically liberal. They're like, oh, well, you know, unless there's like a natural disaster or something, you know, people will behave civilly. It's like, no, I, I, I drive in regular commuter traffic and people don't drive civilly. You, you look at things like the L.A. riots and um, I mean, that wasn't caused by a natural disaster. That wasn't caused by really anything. That was just people looting. Look at Ferguson. They burned down stores because they wanted to. I mean, people will find a reason to do irrational things. And I don't you know, I'm, I'm not untrusting of other people, but I understand 
that it's very easy for people that you would think are normal, functional human beings to do irrational shit. And as I look around my neighborhood, I notice that a lot of people left. They, you know, they went to their beach houses and the OBX in North Carolina. A lot of them, you know, kind of hightailed it out of here when this started to really clamp down. Now it's like, like okay, these are the people that are going to be stuck here. I'm seeing them, you know, having barbecues and stuff with like more than ten people and things like that. And I'm not going to call the cops. I'm not going to do that. But at the same time. It's like now it's like, okay, if these people think that they're above the law on that, wait till they start, you know, organizing and they want to seize the means of toilet paper and other stuff. And they think that they have a they they are entitled to your toilet paper and they are entitled to your food. And people will find any reason to justify any action they think is justifiable. And that is what intimidates me, because whether you're a guy from the hood or whether you're from Beverly Hills, I, I know that a lot of people that thought that this type of thing would never come are going to be the people to freak out when they run out of those nine meals. So, yeah, man. And he, and obviously people will find reasons to do horrible things, uh, even without a natural disaster. But what if, uh, what, what if it is justifiable? What if people are actually worried that they can't feed their kids? You know, you're going to see a lot of people getting desperate, man. But Look, let's jump into something I wanted to mention today, and we're not going to do like a normal, just like yeah, this got really dark real fast. It did, did. but I I don't want to just do like news of the day. Like, here's the statistics coming out today from Trump's press briefing or whatever. Like, that's not really. You can listen to other shows for that. But look, this is what I want to talk about today. When we get back to normal, uh, which will happen eventually, right? It it'll take a while, but when we get back to normal, what what does that mean? You know what I mean? And I, I don't mean the economy like the economy. Like, look, we're, we're sprinting into the next Great Depression right now. Like the economy is not going to bounce back right away, but eventually it will. Eventually people will get their jobs back or they'll get new jobs. Uh, I just mean, what what is America going to look like at the end of this? I mean, look, liberalism, I mean, meaning classical liberalism, property rights, constitutionality. All these things were already under attack before this pandemic. I mean, half the Democratic Party are a bunch of filthy communists that want to destroy the world. We don't really need to get into that. And on the right, there's people attacking individual liberty as well. I mean, like the the, the Sorab Amari folks uh, from a few months ago, um, you know, the, the Marco Rubio, Josh Hawley, you know, quote unquote, common good conservatism nonsense that, that's that's popping up on the right. And then the response to this pandemic has been full bore, heavy handed statism. Right. So, like, do we do we get back to where we were? How long would that take? Like, does the Constitution survive this? Does property rights survive this? Like, I don't know, man. Like, if there's there's this many people attacking property rights, liberalism, constitutionality before any of this happened when they had no reason to. And looking at the response from governors, from the president. I don't know, man. Like, how do we get back to where we were? I I don't. I mean, that's a great question. I think the only thing we're going to be able to do is just wait and see how this happens. I, I do know that, like, you know, societally and economically, we're going to see some changes. I do truly believe that this was the fast forward button for the end of regular cashiers, like actual people behind the cash register checking you out at the grocery store. Right. Because I definitely have, have been I'm not on like the whole automation is evil train. But the fact that, you know, I don't think we're I think I think Regular cashiers at most, you know, corporate owned stores and stuff, they're going extinct rather, you know, rather soon than later. 
Um, because right now, you know, the big question is who are the essential employees and how can we stay in business to continue to make a profit during times like this while at the same time, you know, cutting out vulnerabilities and liabilities. Um, you know, everyone's like, oh, hopefully this is a great, great opportunity to expand workers' rights and, you know, workers' privileges and stuff like that. No, that that's never the case. That's that's not the case in communism. That's certainly not the case in most capitalist societies. I, I see us getting rid of, you know, the regular 30-year-old minimum wage making cashier. I, I think that's gone after this, you know. You were essential now, but you're not essential after this. So I see that happening. I mean, I see the same thing happening of truckers. Um, anything that gets in the way of progress, even in the worst of situations, I think they're going to find a way to automate it. So that's my first concern. My second concern is with the way that Trump just made the 2008 stimulus bill look like a small dog. I mean, it's I, I think we're going to see a point where, you know, I think a few presidential election cycles from from now, I think. We're going to see both Republican and Democrat candidates say, why don't we just print our way out of the national debt? I mean, one so. one guy, one member of Congress had the audacity to say that Congress should obey the Constitution and actually hold a legal vote during this pandemic. And he was absolutely obliterated by both sides of the aisle. That's Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Yeah. One guy. I, I mean, one guy know, had the, had the gall to say, hey, we shouldn't totally piss on the Constitution just because there's a, a virus going around. And he was attacked by everyone, including the president. I, I mean, his biggest sin was asking people to put their name on the record about this because everyone just wanted an anonymous vote. Right. So even by not doing that, you know, by saying he's going to be the one vote against it, everyone else just got exposed as, you know, just going along to get along in a situation. It's disgusting. I just don't have any confidence in government's ability to respond well to a crisis. I mean, the Great Depression gave us the New Deal, which was the biggest gang rape of the Constitution of all time. We've never gotten any of those freedoms back uh, from before the New Deal. I mean, there hasn't been another Calvin Coolidge to come around and, and shrink the size and scope of government. And don't say Ronald Reagan, because Ronald Reagan did not shrink the size and scope of government. I think he was a good president. Oh, I ain't but, saying no, but he, yeah, he, he, he was not that. He was not Warren G. Harding. He was not uh, Grover Cleveland. He was not Calvin Coolidge. So, like, since the New Deal, government has not gotten smaller at all. I mean, you saw a little blip of, like, real constitutional conservatism with Barry Goldwater, but he got blown out in his presidential run. Um, so, like, I don't know, man. That's going to happen again. We're going to have another new deal. I think this stimulus package, if you can even call it that, is is just step number one. They're already talking about another one. Uh, oh, they're talking a... about doing three more. <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable. And look, the last emergency we had in America resulted in 20 years of ridiculous wars in the Middle East. Okay, government responded to 9/11 with five wars, four of which had nothing to do with 9/11. Okay, like that that's how we responded. So like I just don't have confidence that our government will respond appropriately to this. No, and I mean what what's gonna be really telling is whenever those uh those checks, those twelve hundred dollars that people will be getting on average start getting mailed out to people. I wanna see the people that spend it on ridiculously stupid things. Because I mean this is uh th this was one of the fatal conceits of UBI. UBI always thought it would cure income inequality but the thing is you can go ahead and make everyone rich overnight and you'll still have people who end up poor the next 
pay because they're going to go ahead and spend it on booze, strippers, and cocaine. But I don't think $1,200 can get you a lot of cocaine, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, you could go, um, you could go the crack route like Hunter Biden and, you know, it's a lot cheaper. Just just do that or go hit up Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. But it's, um, I mean, this is – a lot of people, and I think Jason Stapleton really hit on this in his show a couple of weeks ago. I mean a lot of people were running on borrowed time. They thought that because we were in a good bull market, that because they were doing good right now, because they were just paying off their minimum credit card bills and they didn't need a real emergency savings fund because they're just that freaking awesome now they were just one a week from you know having to sell their dogs for rent money and it's it's one of those situations where it's like you're you're now crying now because you never thought that things would ever be anything but good but if anything from just the last 20 years has showed you the basics of how bad things can get you weren't prepared so what's really funny is i was uh i was on a patio with a few of my friends we were you know just chilling out drinking a little bit and a buddy of mine who's been in undergrad for like seven years now because he kept switching his major um you know he works as a it guy on campus and he can't work right now because all the campuses across colleges across the nation are shut down so i asked him you know what are you gonna do if you're trump checking he's like oh i'm gonna invest it i'm gonna buy this i'm like man i'm, I'm gonna go cash heavy i'm gonna save it i already bought a bunch of stocks on the dip when the dow crashed a few weeks ago so i bought a bunch of that now i'm basically done because i want i want to get through this thing so i'm comfortable with what i invested now i want to save and he was like oh i don't actually have a savings account or anything i just you know i just kind of live for the moment and i'm thinking like what type of millennial bullshit did he just say to me did he just say he has no savings and he's living for the moment and i looked at him I'm like how much do you actually have saved anywhere and he told me zero and this is a 25 year old man who grew up in a 9-11 world in a 2008 mortgage crisis world and all this other stuff. And he did not think to have at least three to six months of emergency savings. Now, Dave Ramsey says stuff like, oh, one in three Americans does not have $1,000 saved at minimum. So now I'm looking around. I'm like, if people were not being financially responsible then, what makes them think that they're going to be financially responsible now? And that's what terrifies me. Because if the government keeps dishing out these checks and people start getting used to that and then they start filing for unemployment i see them extending the crisis beyond the point of when the crisis ceased to exist it's funny man the economy was only doing really well for four or five years like that's not a lot of time to make people this comfortable (laughs) you know what i mean it's not like we had this prolonged like 20 year period of like extreme prosperity or something like the economy was really solid for four or five years you know, starting, you know, 2014-ish, 2015, you know, until, you know, February. Uh, but, man, the, the, the fact that people became that complacent that quickly, you know, and, and just saw just didn't see anything coming on the, on the horizon. I mean, look, we have, I mean, we have a recession every, like, 10 to 12 or 13 years anyway. It's like, why, why were people so cocky, especially, especially, like you said, millennials, people in our generation, why were people so arrogant, thinking that, they're just going to be riding the gravy train forever. I mean, that's insane. That's just not how history works. And the thing that really concerns me is like, you know, the 2008 financial crisis, that was almost 
almost completely the fault of crony capitalists in bed with lazy regulators. Right. So that was genuinely a, a job, a liquidity, a finance, uh, a self-inflicted financial scar on the American economy. This is the opposite, though. This is almost entirely inflicted by government. And I am going to go ahead and say that you know, even though the fact that a lot of businesses and, you know, a lot of sporting events were closing before anyone gave these stay at home orders. I mean, we don't have a jobs crisis. So the fact that, you know, three million people within a week went ahead and filed for unemployment, that's almost three times as much the people that filed in 2008, 2009. That's really concerning. I mean, 2008 was only like $70 billion. Last week, they just literally printed out thin air to trillion dollars and trump wants to do another two trillion dollar bill and the democrats are like oh well, why not do six trillion as soon as people are able to go back to work i think things are going to go ahead and jump start i think we're really looking way too negatively at you know because this is this was not an issue caused by anybody that's why you know when ted cruz said that a lot of this money going to small businesses and going to individuals directly is relief it's not stimulus i do understand that because the american people a lot of these companies except boeing because boeing fucked up and that's a completely different story yep. no one did anything wrong so i'm for people getting money back from the federal government that they probably shouldn't have had to begin with you know give the people relief give the people that are genuinely struggling trying to be you know genuine hard working class americans give them the relief but what we saw off that bill was that you know three quarters of it went towards stupid shit that had nothing to do with the coronavirus yeah i mean i, I agree with that and i agree that people do need you know to get these checks from the government like you said, it, they, their businesses are closed for no fault of their own. The government forced them to close at gunpoint, most of them. Um, but I actually disagree with you on your optimism, I think. because I mean, we are going to see— Convince me. We are going to see a big bump, obviously, when we open up the economy. But it's going to take a <clears throat> Like Opening up the economy is not going to happen overnight, man. Like, let's say we just develop a cure, we have a straight-up vaccine for the coronavirus, which isn't going to happen in the next, you know, whatever, seven to nine months, more than likely. But let's say we we developed one tomorrow and vaccinated everybody. I mean, people aren't going to rush out and go bar hopping right away. Like, it's going to take a year for just American life to get back to normal. Like, people aren't going to want to go to the ballpark and be around 30,000 other people right away. Like, it's going to... You know, people are going to be a little bit scarred from this experience, and it's going to take time. And then also, here's the thing. If we only shut down the economy for two weeks, which was Trump's original plan, 15 days to slow the spread or whatever he called it, then yes, we write a check to everybody, you know, zero interest loans for small businesses. We're going to be shut down for a long time. I mean, Trump locked down the whole country until April 30th. You see governors like your uh, blackface uh, Klansman governor. Coon man. Yeah, Coon Man himself, uh, uh, Ralph Northam, he, he shut down the state of Virginia until June 10th, which one? What? what? Wait, 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 what? Oh, yeah, stay-at-home order until uh, till, uh, June. Yeah. Which, why? Like, why? Is the, I, like, I actually did not know are that. Are you serious? I'm, I'm actually shivering. Oh, well, shit. Google I just it. Googled it. You just Googled right. it? Yeah. Oh, oh man. I... <laughs> <laughs> you, I can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> Remso, you're a political operative living in Virginia, and you didn't you didn't know that. That's hilarious. It, it, it will amaze you how little I've actually been paying attention to. Like, even though I'm I'm putting out all the stories and stuff, and I've been pushing out a lot of news content on, on like the Washington Times Instagram and stuff, I actually have 
been kind of ignoring a lot of it because I'm just so sick of it. So like I we haven't been watching the news at my house. We turned off the TV. We're watching like reruns of Shark Tank and other shit. <laughs> but like it's been like this 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 is oh man. Okay, so so before I forget, before I forget, uh, I mean, look. Back to topic. <laughs> we're, we may be locked down like this until June or whatever. And I just read an article uh, in the Wall Street Journal today saying, you know, if we're locked down for a, a number of months here, one in three restaurants will never open again. One in three. I mean, that's tens of millions of jobs that will go away forever. So it's like, if we just shut down the economy for two weeks, like what was the original plan from the federal government, yeah, we can we can pass a stimulus bill, we can write people a check for twelve hundred bucks each, and we can give you know zero interest loans and grants to small businesses, and we can recover quickly. If we're locked down for two months, we can't. You can't. Well, one, we can't just print two trillion in currency every month. Okay, that's that's insane. Like, what are we what are we doing? Like, we're we're shooting for like a. a Forty trillion dollar national debt in a year. I mean, come on, come on. I mean, this is crazy talk. But like, I mean, like in in one day alone, we printed ten percent of our national debt. That was just in one day. Yeah, we printed ten percent of what we currently owe. But we're if we're locked down for two months, which which may happen, and we're talking tens of millions of jobs that will never ever come back. And that's that's a great depression right there. And that's going to take a year or years to rebound from. If it, you can't just lock down the economy indefinitely, which is what we're doing. I mean, that's what my governor Mike DeWine's done. You know, we're we're locked down until you know the end of April, and then he says, "Well, we might just extend that." Okay, extend it for how long? Like what for a year? Like what? What are you going to do? I, we're just arbitrarily giving orders at this point. I mean, how long are we going to suspend the global economy? It can't go on forever. So, and every day it it, it drags on. It it links it lengthens the coming depression by a month. You know, I, I don't know, man. I'm just not as optimistic. Say, no, well, as you are. I mean, since I I didn't consider it that way because I, well, one, I didn't realize until five seconds ago that Virginia was closed down till June 10th. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I take back everything. I take back everything. <laughs> I don't know what's real anymore. Oh, man. Hate to be the the bearer of bad news, buddy. All right, look. So it's your sound bite of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so look, obviously, I think we both agree that the government is only going to grow through this, and that's going to be really, really bad for the future of the nation. But is there a chance that doesn't happen? Is there a chance that people kind of realize they come around to our camp and realize that the government sucks at everything and that we no. should kind of focus on property rights? No, not at all. There's no chance no. that happens. I mean, I mean, this is why this is why like the term limits people hate me because I'm like, if you want term limits, just vote out the current people. Take play, take you know, participate in your primary. Don't vote in some cases. You know, the fact that Congress has like a 90 percent unapproval rating at any given time, but like 99 percent of current representatives are reelected every cycle. I mean, the the American people are the problem. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I, I tried my, my father and I, we went out to go grab pizza yesterday and while we were waiting in the car he googled you know what what was some of the breakdown of the current coronavirus stimulus and the number one trending question on google was when do i get my check yep 
I mean, the people that actually think that the government is going to save them with $1,200 are not asking whether or not their civil liberties are taken away or how long this is actually going to affect them long term. They're only thinking literally minutes a minute. Yeah, I was hoping you'd. This, uh, this is. I was hoping you'd this, have something positive to say, but I agree. <laughs> no, I, I'm. I 100% agree with you. Unfortunately, uh, all right. I'm. I'm really digging the 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 bottom of the barrel here to try to find something positive today. Um, that's what I do. Uh, I think. I, I, I do think one good thing that's going to come out of this is you know, I, I think I, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of people in my neighborhood walking. Like we have a extremely large amount of people outside just going on a stroll. I think that the coronavirus has gotten more Americans healthy than Michelle Obama. So the the end result will be the revival of Leg Day. Yes. Nice. I think you'll agree with. We're see a spike in gym membership. So here's here's one more thing. Actually, I do think there will be a giant spike in gym membership. People are really missing the gym right about now. But uh, all right, look, I think you'll agree with this. This is one positive that may come of this. Uh, Jim Garrity from National Review mentioned this on his podcast yesterday. The left can't really go back to focusing on their ridiculous nonsense for a while. Like at least like a year they can't. Like they have to give all that crap up. So that will be one positive. Like I'm mad you can't whine about like microaggressions on a college campus for at least twelve months after we beat this virus. <laughs> like you just can't do like you know what I'm saying? Like you can't focus on letting like trans people like beat the shit out of like real women at sports. <laughs> like that can't be like your your issue. Because there are no sports. <laughs> exactly. But you can't like you know you can't focus on that. A little side story. Yeah, like a little side story. I'm not much of a sports guy, but, you know, like I, I'm, a, I'm a baseball fan, so I try and go see an Orioles game or a Nats game, you know, a few times a year during the spring. Um, but I, I was really interested in the XFL, which is owned by uh, uh, McMahon, Vince the McMahon, WWE yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I watched a few XFL games on TV, and it's like, wow, that's real football. And we've got the DC Defenders here, and, you know, home game tickets are cheap compared to anything else. So I. I was actually looking at going to see a few DC Defenders games, and as soon as I was about to pull out my credit card, that's when they canceled the rest of the season. <laughs> that's just that's, that's just that is just trash timing, by the way. Yeah, it was it was so ridiculous. I mean, I, I I'm trying to remain positive. Like, I had to cancel all my book signings, and I make a good chunk of my book money from doing book signings. I had to cancel my vacation to New York with my girlfriend, and now I haven't I. I mean, it's I don't know when I'll see her again soon, but like this, um, th- this has really given me an opportunity to really just kind of reset myself. I'm actually reading real books. I'm actually trying to find interesting ways to work out for my ghetto gym in my garage at home. I'm trying to do a lot of work because, you know, my team needs me and, you know, people still need the news and stuff like that. So, like, I'm trying to just see this as a reset period where I can just kind of focus more on myself on things. And I see a lot of people doing that. But the thing that does ultimately worry me is, are we going to do this each time we get something like this happening? Because I remember H1N1, and we did not close down the economy. No, not at all. We just trudged through it. Yeah. I remember, you know, Ebola, and everyone thought they were going to get Ebola. And, like, I'm, I'm more worried that this is going to become more frequent and that even at the state and local level, we're going to see a lot more heavy handed, literal statism. Well, let's end this super negative note. I I will take what you. I agree with you, by the way. But let me just take that a step further. Uh, I think it's likely. <laughs> I mean, 
I would be oh, shocked. I would be shocked if I would genuinely be shocked if the next Democratic president, if they have a united, God forbid, if they have a united Democratic Congress, um, I would be shocked if a statist like that didn't, you know, after like a school shooting or something, declare a national emergency and like try to just confiscate guns or something like that and use what governors have done in fighting this virus, what President Trump has done in fighting this virus as an excuse, as a get out of jail free card to absolutely butt rape the Constitution. I think that is that is certainly more likely than not at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I have one quick question before we wrap things up. What, what are you going to do if you're with your Trump check? Um, Part of me tell like there, there's the rational side of me that's saying go cash heavy and just put it, put all of it into my savings. There's another part of me that's saying buy another gun. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Change I, in the I may I may buy a gun. That's actually uh, something that may happen. But um, we uh, my wife and I actually I haven't said this on the podcast yet, so it'll be a little bit of breaking news. But my wife and I are uh, we're probably gonna spend most of the check on a new computer, like a just a top notch computer. Um, one, so she can edit film stuff and also so I can take this show, uh, video as well, which is something I've been planning on doing. You're going to get some good deals on electronics. I know. So I'm going to upgrade a lot of my, I'm going to get a new computer and, uh, upgrade some of my gear and I will hopefully by June be making the show audio and video and launching a YouTube channel as well. So, uh, nice. I'll be using the, the government check to invest in my gear to reach a larger, audience to promote small government and talk about how much the government sucks so so is the no gimmicks podcast now government funded uh technically <laughs> technically it will be <laughs> technically it will be here in, in, a, in a couple weeks so that's that's terrifying stuff but yeah definitely told, definitely buy gu- definitely buy guns and ammo yeah. i think that's a a solid yeah. plan i told all the libertarians and conservatives screaming online that if they're morally opposed to taking the money they can cash at me so if you're interested and taking the moral stance and not taking the money, DM me on Twitter at HeyRemso, and I will give you my Cash App info. Yeah. And I will take it in your hands. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you can definitely help fund this podcast with your check if you don't want to use the money yourself, too. So There you go. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> give us the plugs, my brother. Your books, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all that good shit. Let's hear it. Help me feed my help me feed my non-existent children right now by buying my two books on Amazon. Stay away from the libertarians. It can be the history of the liberty movement post Ron Paul and my brand new novel, How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship. We've got the audio book coming out in just a few weeks. You can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HeyRemso. And I have a brand new parlor account at Remso because I didn't have to compete with the three other Remsos for at Remso anywhere, especially on there. So at Remso on Parlor at Hey Remso on Instagram and Twitter and Brady, thank you so much for having me on and uh, you know I'm I'm happy we did this because this has definitely made my day a lot better and I hope for the listeners this will have done the same for them so thank you well you know your day didn't get that much better you just found out you're locked in your house till June 10th so you know fuck off <laughs> everybody follow Remso he's great everybody order one of the books or both of the books y- y- come on you're quarantined in your house. What the fuck else do you have to do? <laughs> Buy a, a, read a book, guys. Again. <laughs> That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.